The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. Well, uh, church, so uh, this morning for uh, our time in the Word, our normal time in a sermon, we're going to be doing a little something different. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to bring up Gary and John, our two elder candidates, uh, to talk a little bit more specifically about kind of what, uh, what, what may be an appropriate or what may be a best response for uh, this coronavirus pandemic that seems to be uh, just all-consuming right now. Uh, we wanted to talk about it a, a little bit. So this is Gary Shear. He's one of our uh, one of our elder candidates. This is John Holm. If you don't know these guys, these are guys who you need to know. Uh, they are the leaders of our church, and we're uh, just I'm excited to have them this morning. We're going to kind of do a little bit of a panel sort of format. Uh, each one of us is going to take an aspect of what this response uh, might look like. Uh, and then from there, we're going to, I mean, it's, we're going to kind of riff on each other and, and see where we end up in about a half hour. So that's the plan. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pass to Gary. Gary is going to talk about a biblical response. And then we'll go over to John. John's going to talk about a missional response. And then I'm going to end with kind of like what a personal individual or even like a family response might be uh, for uh, th- this, 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 this crisis. So uh, first, I just want to to have Gary kind of start with kind of a biblical response to kind of the the COVID nineteen crisis in, in very specifically, but but even more general in, in just crises in general. And then if there's stuff that that John and I want to throw in, we will kind of do that from there. So Gary, give us a little bit about what you think a biblical response to COVID is going to be. All right, thanks. Um, by the way, this is this is paper. Um, I'm, I'm old school, so this is not. If you're wondering what this thing is here, you um, you are watching, <laughs> you are watching this not on paper. Just so you're aware. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay. Um, this this is uh, this is a crazy time, isn't it? Um, and I think one of the first questions we always ask in times like this is, "Hey, what's God doing in a time like this? Um, how is how is He involved?" Well, the, the, the important thing is that he is involved. He is um, in this. Uh, Ephesians 1, 11 assures us that God works all things out according to the counsel of his will. And uh, that old joke in Greek, the all means all. Um, Isaiah 46, 9, really a, a remarkable verse. I am God, there is no other. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Yeah, God is, God is in this. He's, he's, uh, he's sovereign. He's overall. Um, the question is how. How is God in this? That's, that's the question that we don't know. Um, we're not like in the Old Testament. You only know, read the Old Testament and it talks about how you know, this calamity happened or this war or this plague happened because of this, um, for God's purpose in this, to accomplish this or punish that. Uh, we don't have that kind of, I don't. Um, do you? Is God telling you? I don't think I so. Think anyway. he, I think, Gary, you're responsible. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's telling me. All right, so. yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so we don't have that. And so it's, it's uh, I'm just telling you, it's fruitless and a waste of time to try and speculate um, what God 
how God is involved. We just know he is. And, and that's enough, or it should be enough. Um, we have, what we have been told abundantly is how to live in times like this. Uh, we don't know how God is working. We know that he is working, and we know plenty about how we should respond to times like that. So this, that's what we should focus on. Um, um, numbers 14. My wife said, don't say um. I just, I just did, you know? Well, we're not going to edit that out. Yeah, sorry. Gosh. Um, <laughs> numbers 14 is that famous story about the, uh, the Israelites when they failed to go into the promised land. Uh, the, the spies had gone in, they'd come back, and they brought this news. Uh, and the people listened to the news and they said, hey, we're not going to go in there. It's, it's, it's too dangerous. And so they, they refused to go into the land. And in Numbers 14, uh, 11, it records God's response to that. And God says, these people have treated me with contempt. They've treated me with contempt. I have done all these miraculous signs among them, and they've refused to believe in me. Um, and then he goes on to say, because of that, they're not going to enter the land. But I, I've thought about that. And years ago, Lori and I made a, made a commitment. We will not treat God with contempt. And I think we need to make that commitment too. Um, how, how might we do that? We're listening to lots of news. I mean, it's, it's hard not to, and, and we should to a certain extent. We, should, we need to be informed about this, um, but let us be careful about being informed. We can listen more to what the spies, what the news is out there than we are listening to God. Hmm. And that's what, the, that's what the people of Israel did. Um, let's not fall into that trap. Uh, you, you might you might think just think to yourself, how much time am I spending listening to the news, um, thinking about this, talking about this with your spouse or your friends or um, on on social media? How much time and how much time are you spending with God, talking with God about this? Um, I mean, prayer is talking with God. Just say, God, I want to talk to you about this COVID stuff, and just talk to Him. And, and have your Bible open before you and, and have good conversations with God, uh, either personally or with your family, with your wife, with your friends. Um, so that's, that's one. Let, let's listen to God um, rather than just listening to what the media is saying out there. The media is not our friend. God is our friend. Um, the media is not necessarily true. God is always true. So let's, let's go that direction. Um, here's a small one. Philippians 2, 14, 15. Do everything without grumbling, complaining, or arguing. That's it. Just do that. And it, but it's, what's interesting is how the verse goes on. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe because we don't grumble and complain. That's remarkable to me. Just to, and think about it. If you are one of these people that don't grumble, complain about things, uh, 
you're unusual. And it sets a tone. It sets a, um, an atmosphere that is just different than people around you. So uh, that's, that's a biblical perspective right there. How do, you, how do you handle this stuff? Finally, I just want to, um, uh, I mean, th this could be a whole sermon or seminar, but I'm just, I'm just giving you three things here. I want to commend to you something I call daily words. Daily words are affirmations that come from the Word of God, and I've got a whole bunch of them here. I've got, this is my little prayer thing, and I got tired of, of uh, telling people I was going to pray for them and then never praying for them. So I got this little thing. Again, it's paper, um, but it works. And um, I write that down. But in the back, um, I've got daily words. And they've, they've come to be a lot of these daily words, but they're affirmations that affirm God's truth every morning before I do anything else. I affirm these things every day. And I think in times like this, when we're bombarded with things that cause us fear, anxiety, uncertainty, uh, you may be losing a job, you might not know about your job, you might, things are closed down, things are canceled. Um, and it's, it's just a time when we're just inside, inside, there's just all this stuff going on inside. And we need stuff to calm us down, to center us. And uh, for me, and I, I would commend it to you, uh, especially at a time like this, get yourself some daily words. Here's some examples. Um, I've got a bunch of them, but let me just pick out Three, First um, Thessalonians five eighteen uh, says, "Give thanks in all things, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus in all circumstances." And so that's a daily word. I will give thanks in all circumstances. That's it. Every morning when I get up, I say, I just affirm before God. I affirm it before myself. I affirm it before the powers of darkness that are trying to mess up my life. I just affirm it to this day. God, I will give thanks in all circumstances. Just imagine if you'd started your day like that every day and just let that roll around in your mind, just made it a habit every day. Change a lot. Uh, another one, infinite trust in the infinite God. And of course, that comes from the all over the word. If, what we read, Ephesians 1, Isaiah 46, infinite trust in the infinite God. God is infinite and our trust in him can be in him can be infinite. And so every morning before I start anything else, I, oftentimes I'll, I'll look at the schedule before me of my day and I'll, I'll say, you know, I don't know if any of this today is going to happen, but I have infinite trust in the infinite God. And it just rolls around in my mind all day long and it centers me, it calms me, gives me perspective. Um, and the final one is related to that, secure in his sovereignty. Lori and I came up with that when we came home from Rwanda in 2016. And that was a hard time of adjusting and trying to find a house in this crazy market. You know what that was like. Um, and it was, it was really a tough time in here. And so um, we, we were thinking, you know, even if we, you know, we're looking at these houses and everything. What if we make a mistake? What if the very house that we really want, we don't offer enough for it and it passes on and we miss that house? And we thought, yeah, but we're secure in God's sovereignty. God knows that. Even if we make a bad mistake or a, a, a bad decision like that, um, God is sovereign. And so we began to just rest in his sovereignty, and that's become a daily word, secure in his sovereignty. So I just commend that. Uh, you might pick up some of these three. You might find some of your own. 
But I commend you to find words of truth that you can affirm to yourself, your own soul, to center yourself day by day in these in these times that are so mm. shaky for us. So yeah, that's that, it for now. That's good. That's good. Well, so uh, so here's what we're gonna we're gonna keep doing. We're just gonna keep moving. Uh, I'm gonna bring have John share missional stuff. And then we'll, at the end, kind of, if we have anything else that kind of comes to mind, we'll kind of bring it up. But uh, John, why don't you kind of talk a little bit uh, more targeted towards um, like, what are things we can be, what are, what are things we can be doing to help? Like how are, what are ways that we can see our neighbors, see our world, see our city, like things that, that would call that uniquely as Christians, but also just as citizens of uh, this this country, how can we actually be a part of God's mission in the middle of this crisis? Yeah, that's good. And uh, thanks, Gary. It, I mean, it's so good for us. Ruth and I, I was going to say, um, are continually uh, reading verses and then going down and sharing them with each other just to encourage each other during this time. And when we're feeling anxious or whatever, it's just it's amazing how that just lifts us up, reorients our minds and our hearts towards, you know, God's in control. He's got this and we're going to be okay. It might be tough, but he, it's going to be okay. So thanks for sharing that. So anyway, yeah, last week, if, uh, if you listen to the sermon, um, you heard that how we live our life now matters. And so we have an opportunity in this time with what's going on in crisis, really to make a huge impact on the lives of others during this time. So anyway, I just wanted to share five things, five ways that we can be loving others uh, during this time. I mean, we're called the greatest commandments. Somebody asked Jesus, love the Lord your God with all your heart. But then the second one he said was, love your neighbor as yourself. So these are five ways that we can love others well during this time. So, and some of these may overlap a little bit, but uh, that's okay. Um, they'll be reinforced in people's minds, right? So the first one is this. We, need, we can love people well, well by not sharing the virus. I, I, I don't think we can say that enough. Uh, I, we need to think about the impact that we can have on others in a negative way by not doing our part by and protecting others from the virus, protecting ourselves, first of all, but then also protecting others and not spreading that. Um, so simple thing, but so important. And I think we need to start with that. And that's why we're making decisions here as leaders to limit you know, social distancing, doing our part in order to do that. Um, I've seen a lot of people post stuff about how the church responded in the earlier ages. You know, uh, second century, there was a plague. Different times, there have been plagues. And people have been saying, yeah, it's the church went into and helped people who were plagued, whereas other people were fleeing the cities at that point, getting away from it. And I think wisdom and in, in understanding our situation really we are called to understand that in order to know really how to love people well and times are different for us you know we have so many resources available to us that they didn't have back in those times um, we have medical doctors and all the resources around that and they're doing their part and so really for us in this environment the best thing we can do is less not more when it comes to helping people, but that doesn't mean we, we don't help people because I think there are things we can do to make a huge impact. So anyway, first thing, love people well by share, not sharing the virus, doing our part there. And then um, on these last four, I'm kind of splitting them up into things we can do and things we can't do. And I think it's good for us to, to think through that also. So um, later on in 1 Corinthians, we're going to be talking about the body. 
the body of Christ, and, and he does. He gives the illustration of an actual body, and, and each one has a part, and each one has been given gifts and abilities that as we use them, they build up the body um, and edify the body. And the same is true in society. I mean, God has given different people gifts and abilities that they can use. We don't have all those abilities, and we're not called to do everything. So there are things we cannot do. We need to leave those things to those who are trained, who are experts. But in not doing those things and being okay with that, we can also love those people well during this time. So first of all, with that, don't feel guilty about what you can't do. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help you and actually can freeze you up from doing the things you need to do. But for those who are doing things that we can't do, we can love them well by encouraging them. So here's one thing I want us to do as a church, and you can do this with your family, uh, with your friends. Um, and if you're a single person, call somebody up. Let's make a list of all those people, those who are on the front lines right now, such as medical people. Doctors, nurses, support staff, administrators, janitors, maintenance people that are keeping hospitals going right now, those behind the scenes we don't think about, food service people. What about our biologists and those that are, are coming up with these vaccinations? Are we thinking about them and, and where they're at? What about our government leaders? What about merchandisers during this time? those who, who are bringing us the critical items we need, first responders, delivery service people. Folks, we can have a huge impact by encouraging those people who are on the front lines. Um, my daughter worked in retail for many years and she would come home at nights after a long day of work. And I can't tell you how many times she would talk about people who would come in and they didn't have something in stock they wanted. And they would get so upset and nasty at times towards her. And those were in, when life was good, when, <laughs> when we weren't in a crisis. Can you imagine what all the people on front lines right now are facing? All the discouragement, the long hours, the, the, the difficulties that they are under, the fears even of, of catching the virus themselves. And so I would like us to make a list of those people, people that we think of, and then take that list and Put down who you know that's actually doing that right now. Make it more personal. I mean, some of it will be more distant, such as our leaders, listing them. And then what I want you to do is every day think about writing a note of encouragement to those people. Think about the impact that that would make on them as they are wrestling through this difficult time. There was a uh, grocery employee that, that posted this, and you may have seen this. But he said this, grocery employees are working extremely long hours in dangerous conditions we were never prepared for. I personally have worked 12-hour shifts the last three days with only today off, being exposed to hundreds and hundreds of people. Many people are asking what they can do to help. Honestly, the best thing you can do is be kind to one another. Be understanding. Be thankful for what you have. Say thank you. Buy your stock or something to drink. We love energy drinks and coffee, LOL. And please don't cough on us. We love you, Colorado. We are trying to keep you fed, uh, grocery worker. But I think that's an illustration for us. We many times are consumed by what's going on in our lives, and we're not thinking about those people on the front lines. We can love them well by encouraging them this time. So think about sending a note uh, every day, maybe even one a day 
Um, but do that as a family. Get together. Make that list. Think of those people. Um, and let's send them notes of encouragement. So uh, love people well by not sharing the virus. Love people by encouraging those on the front lines. And then these last three things, once again, are things that, that we can practically do in that. First of all, stay connected. Practical thing, don't assume that everyone's doing okay. Don't assume that this isn't affecting people the way uh, if it's not affecting you as much. People need and we need to stay connected. And Chris, you mentioned that this week in the email that went out. We as a church need to reach out to each other to care for one another. We can love each other well by staying connected and asking the question, how are you doing? Simple question. But I think in that we will know as a result how we can minister to people. So love people by staying connected. Love people by staying alert to those in need. So not only asking, how are you doing? But what do you need? What are the needs you have right now? Here are some of the things that, um, as I've talked to people, they're facing. Loneliness. They need a friend right now. They're feeling isolated. What about fear and anxiety? I've talked to a lot of people that are struggling with that. You know, as you say, Gary, just the overwhelming news that's coming, the, the negative news that, that's overwhelming them, and they're feeling like, you know, the world's going to end, or, uh, you know, how bad is this going to get? Fear and anxiety. And I was thinking... This is an incredible opportunity for us to be sensitive to those who don't know Christ and to share his love, his grace, what, how you're handling this, what, what's, what's going on in, in your life during this, and how God is, is encouraging you and how the gospel is, is making an impact on your life during this. So stay alert, fear, anxiety, loneliness. What about loss of jobs? You know, my, my wife has been laid off during this time. My daughter lost her job. I mean, we're, we're feeling that. And I know many of you out there are feeling that. So ask the question, how are you doing? What do you need? Um, now, for those of you, you may have extra supplies right now. Some of you, and you know who you are, you have a closet full of toilet paper. And maybe at this point, at this time, God is calling you to love people well by sharing <laughs> your toilet paper with them. But, you know, funny example, but what are the needs? It might be financial. If they've lost their job, people are feeling the pressure of that. It might be health. They might be housebound. And so we can ask the question, what do you need? Can I go pick something up from you and drop it on your doorstep, ring your doorbell, keep my distance, uh, keep you safe, uh, but I can care for you that way by seeing what your needs are and meeting that needs. And then another thing, and this is uh, somebody in, in our uh, small group, we're going to uh, do our video small group, and she, she suggested that, in fact, she volunteered that there's a ministry that is moving now to just doing uh, food, offering food to those who don't have it right now, caring for the poor people and those who, who need food right now. And she said, you know what, if you guys put non-perishable items out on your step, I'll pick them up and I'll take them and drop them off at this ministry that then will distribute to the poor. Another thing we can do to love people well by staying alert to those in need. And finally this, love people by staying vigilant in prayer. Mm -hmm. I, I think we forget in this time we have this powerful tool that we can use to pray for each other. And so as you've made your list, let me encourage you to do this. You've made your list of all those who are on the front lines. Add to that the list of, as you talk to people, what their needs are, your family and friends. 
add them to that list, and then put your list somewhere where you're going to see it. And maybe it's on your fridge, maybe it's uh, on your bathroom mirror, on your desk, whatever, where you'll see it often. And then I want to encourage us as a church to take a couple of those people every time we see that and pray for them. Um, As a family, this would be a great thing to do. Make the list with your family and then do that with your family. Every time you walk by that list or somebody does, maybe stop and pray for a person or a couple on that list. And then make a checklist every time you pray for that person or have your kids take a marker and mark, just put a mark on there and keep track of how much you're praying for that and, and look back over the week and see what you have done as far as praying for people and the impact you can do. We can love people well by staying vigilant in prayer. So some simple things we can do right now, um, I, I don't think that are overwhelming, but I think we got to remember we can do something to impact people, even in the midst of being feeling isolated. We still have the ability to love people well during this time. Yeah. That's great, guys. Uh, okay, so biblical response, missional response. I'm going to kind of wrap this up with a personal uh, response. And I, as I've been thinking about this, I did send some of this stuff out in the email, but I just, I, I think um, some self-care, which is kind of a, you know, a real trendy word right now, but, but it's something to consider as um, all of our, every single person in probably the world has their rhythms being interrupted right now. And uh, I believe it's Dallas Willard who said, the, the person you are when you are interrupted is who you really are. And I think that's, that's uh, we're seeing who we really are in a lot of this. So you have an opportunity. I have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to actually be different, like to change through this. I think God can actually use this to deepen us and mature us. And so I just have four things uh, that, that I, that some of them are real practical. Some of them are overlap and some of them uh, are, are a little bit more spiritual in nature, but I just want to give you four things that I think um, are, are kind of personal responses. First is this, I think we all need to set some boundaries. Um, now, now, what do I mean by that? Well, I, I could probably go into um, a, a lot of different areas, but this is what I mean first and, and probably primarily. Um, most of us are kind of stuck at home. Most of us are, are, are out of our normal rhythms and out of our normal routines. And what that does is it tends to let us kind of act um, more impulsively, uh, less structured, and with certainly less boundaries around our time. So these are just a few ideas. I, I put this in the email. I think you should you should plan to go to bed at a certain time and wake up at a certain time, which I know is crazy, but please don't binge Netflix until one in the morning and then get up at 11 a.m. Like, I, I don't know if you have that ability or not, but but set a regular schedule for sleep. Sleep is one of the most important things for your individual kind of emotional health. And so set a regular schedule, um, set, a, set a schedule for your work. I don't know what your work is, how it's been impacted by this, but you should know when you're working and when you're not working. You should set some sort of, maybe it's a physical thing. So for me, I don't, I'm, I'm not coming into the church except for to film these things. I'm working at a home office and I'm shutting the door. And Harper and Marcy, they know when that door is shut, I'm trying to do work. That's, that's a physical boundary that's helping me say, I'm at work now. But that also means that when I leave that room, I'm trying not to be at work anymore. 
I'm going to put the phone down. I'm not going to be checking the emails. I'm not going to be taking the calls as much because I, I, I want to be present with my family when I'm home as well. We can be very distracted in this time. So, so set a boundary about work. I also still think, yes, especially with a lot of people working at home, that you should still set aside a day off and specifically a Sabbath a 24-hour period where you are not doing your normal work. And I would encourage you to take a 24-hour period once a week where you are staying out of the news and off of social media, which I know right now is just beckoning for your attention. I mean, it's just calling out to each one of us. But, but I think if you were to set aside 24 hours and say, God, today is for you. Today is for you to minister to my heart. Today, I want to rest in you trust in these truths that I've been saying to myself. I, I, I think those are some good boundaries that you might consider setting. There's certainly more, but those are just some ideas. Number two, um, uh, in addition to boundaries, I think you should engage some spiritual disciplines during this season. Maybe ones that you used to do, maybe ones that you still do, maybe ones that you've never done. But uh, we call these disciplines or practices, uh, but but these are things that, that we do in order to... Um, to uh, stimulate or stir up our affections for Christ and help us go deeper. So uh, a, a few that I would just say, silence, scripture, and prayer. I think these are three things that every Christian should practice every day, especially what's with what's going on right now. So silence, I'm just gonna define these three, silence. I think when you wake up, you should um, spend some time in silence. Now, does that mean no audio whatsoever? What if your kid's already up and screaming? Like, what do you, I, be kind to yourself, like be, be generous with yourself, but I, I mean digital silence. Like I would say your first hour should not be right here on a glowing rectangle. I think if you can take your first hour and sit with the Lord and sit with a cup of coffee and sit with your family or sit by yourself with a book or what, whatever it might be, sit in silence and try and, and listen a little bit. Try not to get instantaneously pulled into the news of the day. Practice the spiritual discipline of silence. Second is scripture. Um, man, I don't know if you, if you spend time in God's word every day, but now is the time if you don't to begin this. Uh, and, and, and if I would commend you to any part of the Bible, if you are not a regular Bible reader, is I would say start in the Psalms in this time. Uh, there's plenty of good stuff, uh, obviously, to, to read in the text, but the Psalms really deal with kind of real-life guttural stuff. And you'll read from like King David talking about when, when things all around him seem to be falling apart and, and his trust in God's goodness in the midst of that. Uh, maybe read one Psalm a day. I don't know. This, 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 just be in God's word. This is God's word to us. And, and we want to hang uh, our lives on that word. And then finally, prayer. And this has been mentioned by you guys already, but, but pray. Um, I, you know, for me, uh, I'm not a good just like sit and kind of close my eyes and pray kind of guy. I've got a prayer journal. I got to write that stuff down. Uh, that's just how I connect better. Uh, maybe start a prayer journal. Take your list that John has just encouraged us to take and start writing out the prayers for those people and see if you can see patterns of God actually answering your prayers. I don't know. Um, but, 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 Sometimes when our rhythms and our boundaries get shaken, our disciplines start to fall off really easily. I don't know about you, but when I go on vacation, it's really much more difficult for me to be disciplined about spiritual things than when I'm in my normal work week, because I just feel like there's built in rhythms to my life. And when I'm on vacation, I'm like, oh, what do we want to do? Whatever we want, you know, 
well, this is kind of like a weird forced vacation that's not. So, 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 so discipline yourself, work hard, put in the effort to stay connected uh, to Jesus. Third thing, beyond boundaries, beyond disciplines, uh, I would say you need to stay engaged in relationships. This is what uh, John talked about a bit here, but uh, goodness gracious, uh, we are all kind of feeling this. I mean, I'm three days into this thing right now as we're recording this, and I'm starting to feel stir crazy. And I don't really like people that much. I put on a good show, but I don't really, I like, I don't like y'all that much, but, but I'm starting to feel it. Like I'm getting a little itchy to talk with someone that's not my wife and I love her, but you know, I just need some interaction. Um, I would imagine you're feeling similar things. Uh, and, and so I, I would just say this, man, pick up the phone. Like as, as digital as we are, as social media tech savvy as we are, pick up the phone and talk with someone. You know what's a great thing to do? FaceTime somebody. If you've got a, a little phone with a video camera, which I think everybody has at this point, pretty much, um, see somebody's face. S- say hi to someone. I mean, connect with another human being. Do not sit on your couch all day in the dark watching TV. Please don't do that. That will not prove to be a good idea. So make phone calls, send, send text messages, do some FaceTime. And I put this in the categories in the email, but I think you should call one family member a day, at least one friend a day. And I think you should call at least one person from our church each day. Like, I think if we all commit to that, I think, goodness, it's going to do something. And if you've got more bandwidth, then go for it, man. Get on the horn, start making those phone calls. I think that will prove to be a really good thing for your emotional health. And then finally, I just want you to, uh, to, to encourage you with this last bit, uh, personal health. Consider personal health. Uh, this, is, this is not going to be exhaustive at all, but um, there's a few things that you, that you should consider. First, exercise. Um, I don't know what your exercise routines are. I don't know how fit or not fit you are. I don't know if you're cross-fitting in the, in the you know, I saw some guy video cross-fit in his driveway today. Okay, go for it. You know, you want to be that crazy guy? You go for that, okay? But, but listen, get out. Go walk. Go for a jog, start lifting weights, do something physical. Goodness, like we got to get that there is something, and, and this, is, this is proven scientifically that there is something connected to the endorphin release of an exercise thing that is going to be really good for your emotional stability. So, exercise at whatever level you can, uh, monitor what you're eating and drinking. Uh, I know that sounds somewhat silly, but like, you know, stay off of box after box after box of cereal. I mean, stay away from a lot of, a lot of soda and sugar, uh, eat healthy food. Uh, I put on the email, but limit alcohol at this time. Uh, well, you should have probably always do that, but, but, but frankly, like these are, these are methods that people use to cope. And it's not just, it's not just alcohol, it's food. It's, it's, it's comfort eating. It's, it's dealing with anxiety and stress in unhealthy ways. So, so watch what you're eating. I mean, just goodness, watch your diet a little bit. Um, watch how much you're on your phone, watch how much you're on your device. I don't mean talking with people. I mean, doing what all of us do with our phones most of the time, which is like browsing useless garbage on Pinterest or whatever. Just, just limit that. Um, I don't know what that looks like. Maybe a half hour in the morning, a half hour at lunch, half hour. Now, I don't know what that would be. I know you feel very disconnected from the world and it feels like a portal to the outside world, but it's not. It's actually false. It's showing you a version of reality that is not true. It is not connecting you with people. So, so just limit that. And then finally, just watch how much TV you're watching. I mean, I know we're all streaming Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and Prime. And I, I mean, I've got all of those. There's no sports, which is a hard and good thing, right? Like we're not just all, all the time, but, but watch how much TV you're watching. 
goodness gracious, you can medicate with Netflix in the same way you can medicate with alcohol. So, so just be cautious on these things. Take care of yourself personally. Um, so, well, guys, that's, that's like, we've, I mean, we've hit about a half hour on this. I don't want us to go too much longer. Um, that th- those three categories, again, that we gave you, biblical response, missional response, personal response. Anybody have kind of a last thought? Uh, maybe we'll just, how about this? Each one of us gets, gets 30 seconds. Last thought for our church as we are kind of moving into what seems like a longer season than we first thought would be uh, around this COVID crisis. So Gary, you have a kind of a final thought for the church as we, as we kind of close this bit up. Yeah, I'm glad we're done because you got to put your mic on. There you go. Yeah, I'm glad we're done because we got those donuts over there and I got to get to those things. Sorry. That's not true. All we have in this empty room is two bottles of hand sanitizer. So, and I've been within six feet of Gary for too long. So I'm starting to get a little itchy, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This social distance (laughs) because of the camera, you guys, Mm, sorry. Yeah. We we would have done sacrificing for the church. Yeah. But yeah. So if we all three come down, you'll know why. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I would, I would just say, um, uh, the, the, the prescription of paying attention to God, um, is, is just really key right now. Uh, when, when all this other stuff is just plaguing our minds and it, it is hard to pull your mind and your heart out of this stuff because yeah, that's what the world is in. It's in mm-hmm. right now. And, um, but work at it, work at it, work yourself into God and uh, you'll be ahead for it. Okay. Yeah, and I guess I'll, I'll just quote one of my favorite theme verses for life, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the uh, uh, New Living Translation. Um, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can comprehend. His peace will keep your hearts and your minds quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Mm, That's awesome. Well, and I'll end with this. Love yourself, love your family, love your neighbor, and love your church in this. Uh, This is a chance for us not to uh, be turned away from community, but actually a chance for us to lean into community. So so take care of yourself. Uh, If you need anything, if you need help, if you need somebody to talk to, if you're already feeling anxiety, fear, just this weight, uh, please reach out to us, lean into us as your, as your, your, your elders, as your leaders at this church. But then we will, we want to lean on each other. I mean, we're going to need each other uh, to really get through this well. So uh, we love you church. We want to serve you well. If there are other ways that you think of that we could maybe help or serve in, in a better way, would you please reach out to us? You know how to get a hold of us, email us. We would love to, uh, to serve you better. Um, so that's, that's kind of our ser- sermon for the week. We're not going to uh, kind of do what we normally do next week. We'll pick back up in first Corinthians, uh, Lord willing, and, and we'll kind of march into our text. Uh, but uh, what I want to do is now transition us. So I'd like to pray, and then I'm going to transition us into our responses to uh, this time and, and then into some more worship. So the guys are going to stay up here uh, and, I, and I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray together. Lord, we do want to be responsible. We do want to um, be be uh, be cautious. We do want to be trusting. We do want to be uh, intentional with 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 all all that's going on in our lives. 
And Lord, we don't want to uh, come from a posture of fear, but we also do want to come from a posture of, of understanding that this is something that's, that's real, that this suffering is, is, is legitimate. Uh, we don't want to play light of this, but we also don't want to fall down a deep, dark shaft uh, where, where we don't believe that your, your hand is able to save. And so, God, I'm thankful for these men. I'm thankful for our church. I, I pray that we are able to really be the church to and for each other and to and for our city. Uh, in this crisis. God, give us great wisdom and give us great patience. God, give us great peace. Fill us with your Holy Spirit uh, that we would actually come out on the other side of this deeper in love with you. Deepen us through this, we pray. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.